0: Is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And I'll tell you why. Because they say that any good movie has three things. They have a character in it that is um, male, female, or some situation, a main character. Then you have some type of dilemma, you have some drama. You need something to kind of drive you towards something. And then there's a hero. In Psalms, in all Psalms, you can always find a situation like that. There's someone going through something, but then there's a deliverer or a healer that comes through at the end. Yeah. And we all, all of us are familiar with some Psalms passage. It comes in our mind. We, we, we say them. We've heard them since we are a child. And there's a situation in our life that happens sometimes, and the Psalms would just quickly come to mind. Um, last Father's Day uh, weekend, my wife, um, she recently lost her father. And um, we wanted all of her family to be together for Father's Day weekend. And so we went, and we're at a lake house. And one of her sisters was coming, and the GPS took her to the wrong house. And it wasn't too far from where we were, but it just took her to the wrong house. And she's talking to Vicky on the phone, and she said, I pulled up to a house, and then all of a sudden a guy comes out of the house and he has a gun and my sister-in-law is in the car with her children and my mother-in-law and the guy is coming out with a shotgun and my sister-in-law said I'm sorry sir let me, let me move the GPS took me here and um, he said I don't give a F about a GPS you're in the wrong place and my wife is listening to that on the phone And so she starts screaming my name and she says, Reggie. And so I'm coming, I'm running, and she's telling me this. And so I get in the car to try to go follow him, and then quickly, Psalms 23. And I, and I, I said, Lord, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil. For your staff, your rod, is comforting me. And quickly, my mind just kind of calmed down. And I was able to find them, and we were able to get to a place where that was resolved and justice happened. But that's the beauty of Psalms. We could find a life situation that we could relate to in a current situation. So um, today, I'm not talking about Psalms 23. I know y'all thought I might be going that route. (laughs) But I'm not. I'm talking about Psalms 30. And Psalms 30 is a beautiful psalm That King David, who wrote 70% of the Psalms, uh, had written for the dedication of his palace. And as we know, King David is a very historical figure in the Bible. All of us pretty much have heard stories about David. And he lived a courageous, crazy life. And this is this grand palace that is being built for the honor of the King of David of Israel. And listen to how the Psalms go and how David starts the Psalms. Psalms 30, I'll read all 12 verses. They label this Psalm joy in the morning. It says, I will exalt you, Lord, because you have lifted me up and have not allowed my enemies to triumph over me. Lord, my God, I cry to you for help and you healed me. Lord, you brought me up from the shell. You spared me from among those Going down to the pit. Sing to the Lord, you his faithful ones. And praise his holy name. I'm sorry. For his anger lasts only a moment. But his favor a lifetime. Weeping may stay overnight. But there's joy in the morning. When I was secure, I said I will never be shaken. Lord, when you showed your favor, you made me stand like a strong mountain. When you hid your face, I was terrified. Lord, I called to you, and you sought favor from me. What gain is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your truth? Lord, listen and be gracious to me. Lord, be my helper. You turn my lament into dancing. You remove my sackcloth, and you clothe me. With gladness. Um, I love this. First of all, I love this because David starts this Psalms with praise. David starts this Psalms with, I will exalt thee. Exalt means to extol, to exalt means exaggerated praise. That means David was getting crunk, David was happy, he was excited. He was going dancing and cheerfully down the street with excitement because of God. And David not only was excited about this, but he says, God, 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 listen. You have saved me from death. You have saved me from the table of my enemies, my foes. And a lot of times we we know David's life. David's life, he... In, He encountered everything from fighting with beasts to having a king try to go after him, to being in a mountain hidden for his life, to sickness. David had included it all and had been a part of everything. And so he says, before I get this day started, before I get this day going, I just got to celebrate the God who got me here. I have to give praise and thanks to God. You know, just a moment ago, we were in corporate worship, and I heard a quote the other day that said, the reason why we need missions today is because the church forgot how to worship. What David teaches us is that we must have a life of praise. And sometimes it's easy to do it in a corporate setting. It's easy to raise our hands in corporate, but sometimes we feel uncomfortable And I want to suggest that maybe we feel uncomfortable because we're feeling uncomfortable with our relationship to God. And what he's brought us through. David said, I'm coming in with praise. And I I kept thinking about the picnic that we just had. And and Melissa made us all do that little skip around for the little uh, social media. And I, I just could see David just skipping in there and just going, and just happy. And, but David is telling us that when situations happen, when life's coming, you need to take a moment and have a praise break. I think we take every other kind of break there is. We got cigarette breaks, vape, vape breaks. We got a text break. We got a me break. But we don't take the time to have a praise break. And a praise break is simple. All we got to do with a praise break is just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's not a cultural thing. It's not a denominational thing. It's a theological thing. It's a God thing that you recognize the one who's brought you out. And when you take that praise break, It takes your mind away from whatever situation there is that has you stressed out. I'm at the age, I'm over 50, and my doctor's worried about my blood pressure, right? And so I actually got an appointment this week, and he says, Reggie, I don't want to put you on medicine. You don't want to be on medicine, but you need to stop with your salt. And so he'll tell me that. So I'll do good for a week. I'll do good for a week. I'm good. I'm good. And then right before I go to the doctor's appointment, I'm stressing because I'm scared of what the blood pressure monitor is going to say. And so I take it at home, and I'm all like, okay, 128 over, you know, 30 or, you know, whatever, 88 or whatever. And so I'm all right, you know. I'm not that low, but I'm all right. I feel good. <laughs> but right when I get there, I start stressing. And I start worrying about what my blood pressure monitor is going to say. And that increases my blood pressure because I'm stressed. When you take a moment to praise God, whatever stress you're going through, you get your mind off of the situation and you get your mind on the one who can handle the situation. and so you got to take a moment sometimes just to say thank you. And it could be just God I love the way nature worships you and cries out your name. Lord, I love the way that you put heaven and earth together. But I also love the way that on the sixth day you looked at me and said I was good. Good. I worship you because of that. God has helped us by creating and teaching us that we could come to us. So I love that passage in the first part of that because David, he teaches us that we have to have an attitude of praise. The second thing that I love about David in this passage is he teaches us. To focus on the character of God. Like sometimes we just got to get out of our own mindset. And understand who he is. He says that in this verse. Verse 4. He says. Sing to the Lord you his faithful ones. And praise his holy name. For his anger. Only lasts a moment. But his favor. Is a lifetime. His anger only lasts a moment. You know, sometimes we just gotta reflect on the character of God. And that sometimes, and David lived a life that was messed up and he made a lot of mistakes. But the reason why he praised God and loved Him and was a man after his own heart is because he knew God's anger was only for a moment. That God had the ability to forgive us and love us and forget about what we've done. It's just for a moment. He's not a nagger. He doesn't bring it back up. He doesn't condemn you by it. He doesn't go back and play the tape from the scene of the crime. His anger is only for a moment. And we know that God, his character doesn't lie, and he even sealed that with Jesus Christ. Just in case you forgot that. 2,000 years ago, Jesus did that for us so that when we mess up, God doesn't see your mess up. He sees the blood of his son. Yeah, good. Oh, good. He sees the blood of his son covered over you. That's good. And he says, forgiven. But it says his favor is a lifetime. You know what that word favor translates to? His delight. His delight. He loves you. When he sees you, he smiles. I was laughing earlier in the huddle because Ronaldo was talking about today, celebrating his wife, he and his wife's 18th year anniversary. But if you saw the smile on her face when he said it, she knew he delights in her. He smiles when she comes into the room. That's how God sees us. He loves you. He's happy when you're around. Then David says, weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. This has been a season for me. This last year I've had four deaths from my best friend and mentor for thirty years to uncle, Vicky's grandmother, Vicky's grandfather, or Vicky's father. Every type of life transition that can happen has happened. To us, there are moments I would sit in front of my computer on my desk and weeping would just come. Weeping may endure for the night, but I promise you, joy comes in the morning. There is something that God does, and that kind of reflects when David is using this in a verse, goes back to Lamentations 3, where it says, He gives us new mercies and new grace every morning. After every night, God promised us a morning. After every pitfall, God promised us that there's something better on the other side. And God's not only talking to the temporal state that we're in right now, but he's also talking to the eternal work that each of us as believers have in his name. That this world may have troubles and it might have some trials and tribulations, but take cheer. I've overcome this world. And that the situation that you're in, is not going to last forever. The sickness that you might be going through, the marriage problems that you might be facing, the stuff that you're going on with your job or in school, the things that you don't know yet have come. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in The morning. But we gotta know the character of God for that. And then David, David goes on and he says, and I when we trust the character of God, we gotta understand that there is no blame, or we live with this this guilt. We live with this this depression sometimes over us. We live with this, this insecurity that I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of your love. I, I, I don't deserve it. And David is reminding us, and I, and I love when he goes into verse 6 and he goes down to verse 9. He says, when I was secure, I said I would never be shaken. But Lord, when you showed your favor, you made me stand like a strong mountain. When you hid your face, I was terrified from walking with God. Lord, I called to you. I sought favor from you. What gain is there in my death? Insecurity comes when we don't know who we are or who we belong to. David, his whole life, he was secure in the fact that God loved him. But the moments when he messed up, the moments when he fell and God's face was hidden from him, not because God runs and and abandons us, because God doesn't deal with our sin. He can't stand our sin in a way that I'm a part of it. And so David got caught up in himself. He got caught up in his pride. He got caught up into what he was going on. And so he was crying out to God. He said, God, if I go down in the pit though, Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your truth? Lord, listen and be gracious to me. Lord, be my help. So whatever situation we're going through, we can always cry out to God. We can always ask God for help. And he promises to listen to those who know him. You know, I verse 9 always throws me off because... David struggled. Paul, when he when he was scared of death, Paul would say, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And, and, and David, for some reason, he said, Lord, if if I die, who's gonna praise you? And and that verse always gets me, and I really don't understand it. And it might be the fact that David is so much in love with God, and he's so Excited about the way he worships and prays God. And he says, God, if I'm not going to praise your name, if I'm not going to call out on your behalf, who is? Lord, I'm making myself an instrument for your word, for your, your, your kingdom. So, Lord, please don't take me out. Um, another thing that David does that I love is that David makes us and he calls us to be examples. To be examples of God's goodness. Sing to the Lord, you, his faithful ones, and praise his holy name. In verse 4, verse 12 says, So that I can sing to you and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. Um, When we talk about this Psalms, David first has a congregation, the people of Israel who are there to watch the dedication. And he is being an example of God's goodness to the congregation in front of him. He's living a life, he's showing that God is good and that whatever situation that you're going through, he will rescue you. Look at me. If King David, who's gone through this and has been through this, and I'm standing here right now, you as a congregation, you should worship this same God. And you should do this forever God wants us to be examples of his goodness that's what's wrong with the world today you know we we fight for every single right right now except for the right to say Jesus we fight for everybody's rights from those who are yellow to those who are purple and everything in between you can't say this. You can't do that. You can't be this. But we we're silent when it comes to the name of Jesus. And David's telling this congregation and his people, you got to be examples of God's goodness, His restoring grace on your life. And that's hard to do. You know, when I I was uh, I was suffering with some migraines this week, and I, I was in the um, emergency room and um on on Wednesday or Thursday I can't even remember now and there's a lady there and she was in excruciating pain and she was sitting in the chair and she was just crying in pain and I get in there and it's just loud like she's I mean you can't stand it and I get there and immediately the spirit of God says go pray for her and I didn't. I was listening to a nurse say, "Uh, she's in withdrawals. She's having withdrawals and she's going through that. Then in my mind, I go to like, oh, she's an she addict, she's addiction. addiction, oh, this, that, she's going through. And so I start letting everything around me define her and define the situation she's in. And she's screaming in pain. And then finally, this woman out the blue comes to her and she says, and she whispered in her ear, I don't know what she said, but the woman put her hand on her and prayed. And the lady stopped screaming. We let people who haven't invested in us, haven't created us, don't know our intimate stories, don't know our lives, don't know what our house looks like, don't know what our friends we're hanging out with. We let them define us. And we let them put us in situations we shouldn't be in. We worry about a like. We worry about a follow. We worry about it. And we let all of this, all of this, just move us to a way that we can't even operate into life. Yeah, but Jesus said, be an example. Tell people of the goodness that God has done in your life. Tell people what he's brought you through. We used to tell stories and we used to call them testimonies. And now, oh, well, that's old school. We don't do that anymore. Oh, I can't. No, I don't want to be a part of that. How's telling people how God has taken you from the miry muck, plucked you out, cleaned you up turned you around, and put you in your right mind. How is that old school? We got to celebrate God's goodness. God had a plan. He said the world will know if I'm real by the way y'all love each other. We're his miracles working. We're his testimonies that need to be seen. It's on us. The beauty of this, though, is that you got to know him for this to apply. You have to know him. And that when we praise God and when we sing to his goodness, that those are for believers, but for you who might be questioning, might be wondering, is is this God for me? I say yes. And if you look in your heart and if you look in your soul, you know he's the one that's been sustaining you this whole time. You're here today because he drew you out. You're where you are today because there's something. All of us, were, we're created in his image. There's something in us that desires to be with our father. And sometimes you don't know what it is, and sometimes you can't put your hand on it, but you see it even in corporate worship. You sit there in your hands, and in corporate worship, you're free to engage with the God of the universe who is madly in love with you. Madly in love with you. And he wants you to be in a relationship with him. David, um, he wants us to be an example of God's goodness to everyone around us. The problem, so hot, I'm just in my bald head sweats all the time. Um, (laughs) When we get into a place like this, you just don't know what's being released. And the reason why God's calling us to an intimate relationship is so that he can allow you to live the life you're called to do. When we stood up in corporate worship. Healing was happening. Don't even know it. Relationships were being mended. You don't even know it. Hard hearts were being softened. Because we're in a place in a position where we submit ourselves to the God of the universe and we say, not our will, but yours be done. We have to be that example.